0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmett.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 13 this morning and the birds. Verse 13, it said, And he laid his hands on her, And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I mean, this would be something to see, right? You see a woman who's completely bent over. Jesus touches her and all of a sudden, er, you know, she's up. It's like, whoa, you know, nobody's ever seen her stand up. And she's just like, woohoo, you know? I mean, could you imagine what it would be like one minute, you know, probably have to catch her because she's going to have a head rush, you know, to be down there. I don't know. Have you ever hung upside down with your head down like that? All the blood rushes to your head. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. And so now the first thing she does is she begins to glorify God. You know, and and that's interesting because, you know, some people would look at her and say, why would God allow that to happen to her? And And we look at all kinds of circumstances in life and we wonder that, you know, why is God allowing that? And some people would even be angry at God. Why would God allow that to happen to this person or that person or this thing or that thing? We have to remember that this world is under the power of Satan. And God will use that even in the believer's life sometimes for his glory. And to make a point or to do something, to display something. You know, this life is just a vapor, it's just a breath. And we may go through suffering for, for an extended period of time. But in the light of eternity, that's just very small. And so, would God allow this to happen just for this moment? It's very likely that he would. Just for this moment, what, what God would do in that moment so that he might be glorified. And certainly, here's a woman who is going through tremendous agony. And yet, what kind of attitude would it take for a person in this situation to be attending synagogue every Sabbath day, to make their way down the streets, to find their, their way to the synagogue and then be there to worship God, having this situation in their life, and yet here's somebody with probably a really great attitude. Have you ever met anybody like that? They're just going through horrible things. Maybe they're, they have some terminal illness or they have some sort of disability or, or debilitating situation, but they have the best attitude. And, you know, and, and isn't it amazing when you meet people like that? You know, I was, I was reading the Eric Little's book, or the book about Eric Little, the, the runner which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. But Eric Little, he's, you know, he's, you know, a missionary in China, and he's visiting this church one time, and he just writes this little encouraging note on a piece of paper, and he stuck it in one of the hymnal books. And basically it said, you know, rejoice every day you know, in in Jesus, basically, and, I mean, just a simple note like that, but there was a woman who attended that church, and she'd been burned in the face, and she, she was deaf, completely deaf, almost blind, blind in one eye, and could barely see out of the other one, but she would attend that church, and you know, talk to the pastor and, and everything, and they would minister to her. She had such a bad pain that they had to actually pluck her eyelashes every week or they would grow into her eyeball. It was just an awful situation that she was in. But she opened up that hymnal and she found that note. And for whatever reason, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord ordained that moment as she read that note, it just changed her perspective. And she, she just started to rejoice and she became this huge encouragement to the people in the church of this person who was just going to rejoice and smile every day that Jesus loved her. And that's what kept her going and she was just this great example. And when she found out that it was Eric Little who had written that, she wrote him a letter just telling him how that moment the Holy Spirit spoke to her and she just decided to, to have a different attitude, completely different attitude. Well, Eric had just gotten that in the mail And he got onto a train to travel to another part of China, and there was another missionary that got onto the train with him, and he was talking to him and just talking about how depressed he was and how awful things had been, and, you know, just, you know, that he was on the verge, really felt sometimes like he just didn't want to live anymore, maybe on the verge of suicide. And Eric Little just handed him the note. He told him, you know, the story and who had written the note, and he handed it to him, and that guy read it, and it changed his perspective. You know, if this woman who's been through all this can rejoice, then what do I have to complain about? To, to have a, a renewed mind and to really think about what life is really about. And so we see this woman who just has this great, great perspective on life. And, and Jesus meets her there and, and he heals her. What a beautiful moment. And in verse 14, it says, But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Notice this religious leader is a coward. He doesn't address Jesus. He doesn't, you know, hey, hey you can't do that. He doesn't even talk to the woman who's been healed. He addresses the crowd. Okay, this happened today, but okay, everybody else needs to hear, right, what I have to say. And, and the suggestion is, is that come any other day and be healed on the Sabbath day. Yeah, what other day, any time ever, had anybody ever come to the synagogue and been healed of anything? Never. And yet, if Jesus can touch this woman and heal her on the Sabbath, if he has the ability to do such a thing, don't you think that it's probably okay? You know, I mean, seriously. And then, so this guy, just he's, it's just ridiculous what he says. There's not going to be any healing without Jesus. And what this ruler is suggesting is that Jesus is working on this Sabbath. But Jesus didn't have to strain and work up energy or somehow, you know, muster up the power to heal this woman or something like that, smack her in the forehead. Well, <laughs> in the forehead. I don't know. He didn't have to do anything to, to work up energy to make that happen. He just touched her and says, be loosed. And she stood up. And how is that any different than when you come to church and you're burdened or heavy laden or something is on your mind and you come into church or, or maybe even you're, you're physically sick and you come in and, and just even singing the worship songs and taking your mind off of yourself and fixing it on Jesus, you receive a healing. Or, or the message that was given that morning was exactly what you needed to change your perspective to change your mind to heal your heart. I mean, how many times have we been healed of one thing or another just by listening to a message that was given? And certainly they did all those things in the synagogue. They sang songs, they read the scriptures, they preached sermons, and all those things added to the healing of the people that would come and participate in that. Isn't it amazing how even like when they did COVID and, you know, of course we had the 14 days to flatten that curve, which turned into 180 days or something, but how many people across the United States were banned from worship? You know, they could go to the bar, they could go to a a casino. These are essential services. You know, they could go to, you know, all these different places, but they couldn't come to church. And in some places they said, you can't even sing in church. Praise the Lord, we still live in America and that never really happened here. But th- those were the types of things that were happening. How many people were, were killing themselves and how many people died from suicide or overdose or, or whatever because they were so depressed, because they weren't going and getting an encouraging word. They were isolated from everyone. So so Jesus wasn't working and, and yet he, Jesus would address, not just address the crowd, but actually address this guy And it says in verse 15, the Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? Now, oral tradition in the Jewish culture at that time told them that it wasn't just the things that were written in the law, but actually that there were things that they they couldn't do or they'd be breaking the law. And so they would interpret the law through these oral traditions. And some of those things were you couldn't, you couldn't aid healing on the Sabbath day. So if somebody were bleeding, you could stop the bleed, but you couldn't bandage it up or put salve on it. You know, something to kill the infection. You had to wait until the end of the Sabbath, until sundown on Saturday. You had to wait till sundown on Saturday, and then you could stop the bleed, or then you could bandage the wound. You couldn't set a broken arm on the sabbath day you had to wait until the sundown and then once sundown then you could set the arm and cast it or whatever you needed to do or bind it up whatever needed to be done and so they would look at it as the same and yet they would be able to untie their donkey or their animal and lead it to water you know and that they could do that for a, for a donkey they could pull their donkey out of a pit if it fell into a pit. They could pull their donkey out of a pit, but they couldn't pull a person out of a pit. You know, I mean, that's basically how, how they looked at it. And so, in verse 16, he says, "So ought this woman? So not? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound? Think of it: for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath."